Professor Don, can't hear you, unfortunately. Hopefully we have uh, some viewers joining us while we sort through our technical difficulties. Oh, hello. Hi to, uh, let's see, we have a John Kennedy joining us. Hello. And uh, hello to uh, some soon from Facebook. Thank you guys for joining. Oh, hello, uh, Mark from the Philippines. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, uh, looks like we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, so we are going to begin in just a few minutes, guys. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you everyone for joining. Um, so today we are going to, uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit about some English slang words. Uh, hello, thank you. Hi to uh, Shahid uh, in, from Facebook. Welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for commenting in the chat section. Um, so today I'm going to start off so I will do a little lesson today uh, about English slang words. And then you guys uh, are going to be able to ask some questions. And then you'll have a little lesson from Professor Don. Uh, so hello, guys. Thank you so much for coming to the live, uh, the live lesson today. Um, so we'll be doing live lessons each Sunday. So good to see everyone here. So uh, let's go ahead. Oh, sorry, guys. Still having some technical problems. Uh, so let's get started. Today, I am going to tell you about a few slang words. The first word we'll talk about today is chill. So chill is a word similar to the word cool. So in English, we often use the word cool to describe something that is really interesting or that we like. So chill uh, is another word. So you might notice this is another word that has to do with temperature. So for example, I might say it's chilly. 
But just like we use the word cool to talk about things that are interesting, uh, we can we also use chill to uh, describe a few different things. So let's take a look at three ways we can use the word chill. So first, what does chill mean? Chill means to relax or to calm down. So the first way we might use the word chill is as an imperative. This means we are telling someone what to do. So maybe my friend is very upset. I might say, hey, chill. You need to chill. This means you need to relax or you need to calm down. So first, we might just use it to tell someone that they need to relax. So the next way we can use chill is as an activity. Chill is something that we can do. So for example, uh, let's say I'm talking to my friend and she asks me, hey, Sarah, what are you doing? I might say, oh, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. I'm chilling out, we might also say. Or if someone asked me, oh, Sarah teacher, what did you do last night? I might say, I just chilled. Uh, so what did I do? I stayed home. I uh, played some video games. I watched some Netflix. I just chilled. So we can use chill to talk about activities. So I can say, I just chilled. Or I could ask you, I could ask my friend, hey, do you want to chill tonight? This means, do you want to hang out tonight? Hey, want to chill? Uh, the last way we could use it is, yes, to describe the activity of hanging out. So, for example, um, I might say, oh, my friend and I just chilled out last night. We just chilled. Um, and finally, we can use chill as a way to describe something, as an adjective. So I might say, oh, I went to see uh, my friend play music last night. It was chill. It was relaxed and uh, calm. So here we see that there are several ways we can use chill. Okay, let's go to our second slang word today, which is legit. Uh, this is a very commonly used slang word. So legit is a short version of the word legitimate. Legitimate means something is real or genuine. So for example, um, I might say if I'm uh, buying a Rolex, is it a, is it a legitimate Rolex? Is it real? So legit is a short form of the word legitimate. And we're going to look at two ways we use legit. So first, legit can be used as an adjective, which can mean really, really, really good or authentic. So uh, let's think of, uh, talk about a few sentences using this word legit. Remember, this means really, 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 really good or authentic. So let's first use it as really, really good. I might say the party last night was legit. This means it was really, really good, really fun. It was legit. 
Uh, I might use it also to talk about food. I, I love eating all kinds of food. So this is a word I often use to describe food. For example, um, if I find a restaurant that has really good authentic food, that's uh, re really tastes like it's from that place. Uh, let's say I find a really good taco restaurant and I eat it. Oh, so good. I might say these tacos are legit. They are super authentic. They're so good. Okay, so we can use legit to describe things that are really great, like awesome, really good, so legit. It's super legit. That movie was legit. They're, those uh, tacos are legit. And the next way we can use legit is as an adverb. And here we would use it to mean truly, really. Oh, I really uh, don't know. So for example, a sentence would be, I legit have no idea. This means I really don't know. So we can also use legit as an adverb. So I might say something also as an adverb, Dave Chappelle is legit the best comedian. This means I really think this, it's really true. All right, so legit, short for legitimate and means really good, or we might use it as an adverb, truly, really. All right, let's talk about our last word today for me, which is shady. Uh, so shady is a word that it's an adjective that means like sneaky, suspicious, uh, underhanded or sly. Something that another word we might use is like sketchy. So, hmm, maybe I don't want to, ooh, it seems a little dark or dangerous or hmm, not, uh, not legit. So for example, in a sentence, I might say, hmm, that guy seems shady. Don't talk to him. Maybe he's acting a little strange and I tell my friend, hmm, he seems a little shady, don't talk to him. He seems like maybe a little suspicious. Uh, or we could use it to describe a place. Oh, that bar is kind of shady. I don't really wanna go there. Uh, this is not to be confused with the word shade, which is uh, an insult. Or we also use, believe it or not, the word shade to talk about sunglasses. So I might say, uh, I want to uh, buy some new shades, yeah? So uh, those are our three slang words for today. Chill, legit, and hmm, shady. All right, guys. So that's it for our slang words for today. Uh, now, if you guys have any questions, you can uh, type them here in the chat section. I am chilly right now. Uh, so here we we would uh, we could say I am chilling ing right now. Chilly with a y means I am cold. So if I say I am chilly right now, this would mean I am cold. But if we want to say that we are uh, relaxing, we would say I'm chilling ing chilling right now. Uh, Alam says you are a good leader for English teaching. Thank you very much. I appreciate your comment and I'm very glad you think so. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, 
Thank you. I think uh, I yes, I have a an American accent, so it is uh, easy to understand. Here we have Mark from YouTube saying the news is legit. Great use of the word legit, definitely. So here you are using it to say that the news is genuine, it's real, it's really good. So if I find a news station I really like, I might say, yeah, this the news is legit. This is really good. Um, I see another comment from Mark. And here you asked, if someone is shady, that means you don't trust them. Yes. Uh, if you say someone is shady, it means, correct, I don't trust them. Uh, this adjective can be used, I don't trust that person. Or if I say a bar or a place is shady, I don't, I don't trust that place, right? Yes, it means that uh, I don't trust them. Very good. Ah, share the sentences on the screen. Okay, in our future live streams, I'll make sure to have my sentences up for you so you can more easily follow along. Thank you for your comment. The ways you explain are easy to understand. Oh, so happy to hear that. Good. I'm very glad that uh, you find it easy to understand. Thank you guys for uh, commenting. It's really nice to hear from you. And now let's go to Professor Don. Oh, Professor Don, your your audio is a little hard to hear. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> and we're back to me. <laughs> hi, everyone. Uh, so we're just having some technical difficulties. Uh, but soon. Oh, there we go. Hello. Yes, I can hear you perfectly loud and clear. Okay, is this working now? <laughs> oh, excellent. Totally perfect. All right. Well, okay. So uh, technical get technical difficulties is probably a first phrase I should use here <laughs> because it's um, definitely something that will describe what we're experiencing. Uh, technical difficulties, uh, some problem with uh, technology uh, like a computer or a microphone. Um, okay, so yeah, my topic for today is uh, this day in history, April 25th. So uh, April 25th, 1901, 120 years ago today, uh, the state of New York in the United States uh, first required license plates on automobiles. Um, this was the first state to pass this kind of requirement. What's interesting about this is automobiles hadn't even been invented uh, until uh, only 15 years before. So 1886. Uh, Carl Benz. He develops the first automobile developed by an internal combustion engine. Carl Benz, have you heard of a car, the Mercedes-Benz, or heard of a car, the, the Benz? It's named after him. Uh, it's a company that uh, he created. He was one of the uh, pioneers of the automobile, uh, and uh, he created the automobile, 1886. 
1901, there were enough cars uh, uh, in the United States for New York to require people to have a license plate. Require, that's our first uh, uh, word here. To require something means to uh, make it necessary or essential. Uh, uh, you are required um, to pass this class. You must pass this class. It is necessary. Um, and in the context of New, uh, New York requires people to have a license plate, it means they must, by law, have a license plate on their automobile. So the government, when the government requires something, they mean it is legally uh, necessary for people to do or, uh, or not do if they're required to not do something. And this word requirement, that's just the noun version of require. A requirement is something which is required, right? So this course is a requirement uh, if you want to graduate from the university. That means this course is required. You must pass this course uh, to graduate from the university. Uh, and what is a license plate? Uh, light, so, uh, so New York requires people, people to have a license plate. Well, this idea, uh, you've seen it because all countries require some kind of uh, registration for any vehicle on the road. And it's usually a metal, uh, sometimes a plastic thing that has letters and numbers on it uh, that indicates your registration. And sometimes this thing is called a license plate, and sometimes it's called a number plate. In British English, they refer to it as a number plate, and sometimes it can be called a vehicle registration plate. Uh, but basically, all countries require something like this uh, for uh, any vehicle on the road. So in 1901, on this day, uh, the state of New York required that the driver uh, have a license plate. And at first, they just required uh, that you have your initials, the initials of the driver. So in my case, DW would be, uh, there, it would just be your initials on the back of your car. Um, but after that, two years later, there were even more cars around. And so they expanded the requirement. They increased it. And so they made it a requirement that the license plate actually be something with black numbers on a white background. So that's what happened on this date in history back in 1901. And uh, um, New York requires license plates for uh, all motor vehicles. Uh, uh, I've got a, a license plate on, uh, on my uh, car back home. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine used to have a license plate that actually was letters instead of numbers. Um, and uh, the letters spelled out uh, his name. Uh, so uh, some places uh, in the United States let you do that. They let you get a vehicle registration that is some word. Um, it has to be an appropriate word. It can't be a, a dirty word or something offensive, uh, but it's a simple word. Uh, and a lot of times people do something like that in the U.S. I don't know of other countries that allow this, uh, but in the U.S. they, uh, they allow you in uh, some states. You have to pay a little extra money and you get it's called a vanity license plate a vanity plate. Uh, so a plate that is uh, something expressing you, some expressing your ideas. Okay, so that's it for this day in history. And now let me ask, uh, answer some questions and address some uh, people.
Uh, so there's a question already, uh, what is the difference between require and requirement? Well, require is a verb and requirement is a noun. So to require something uh, is, uh, is an action. I require you to pass or uh, you are required to pass. Requirement is a noun. This is a requirement. It is a requirement uh, to pass this class. So that's really the difference between the, uh, the two of those. And I want to uh, just uh, say hello to uh, some of the different places that uh, our viewers are from uh, today. I saw these are the ones that I saw earlier. Uh, so people were posting uh, from Sri Lanka, from Oman, from Angola, from the Philippines, from Japan, um, and from Pakistan. And I'm sure there are some others as well. Uh, but welcome to all of you. I wanted to say that uh, we uh, we're so glad to have you all here. And uh, welcome to our uh, second live stream. Uh, so uh, Mark Aquino says, in my country, our education system required birth certificate to enroll at school. Uh, so yes, our education system uh, required a birth certificate uh, to enroll at school. Um, now required in this would be uh, passed, but uh, if it's always the case, you might want to use simple present here. And then you would say, in my country, our education system requires a birth certificate to enroll at school. So that's expressing a general truth. And so in this case, we'll use the simple present for that. Uh, license plate in Tagalog called Plaka, P-L-A-K-A. -A. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, Plaka. That sounds, that sounds like the word placard. Placard, which kind of means something like a plate. I wonder if it's related. That's very interesting, actually. So it might be related. Uh, so people saying hi from Canada, Puebla City, from Afghanistan. Wow. And from India. Okay. Welcome to all of you. That's great. Um, any more comment? Yeah, they don't all have to be questions. Some, sometimes uh, you could just have comments uh, that you want to uh, that you want to make. Uh, we'll do that as well. Uh, or uh, or we can uh, interact uh, with Sarah as well if you want to go to that, um, depending on how you want to um, uh, play this next. Uh, there's still some more questions and comments, I'm sure. Sarah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm 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 doing well. To use my uh, my slang, I'm just chilling, Don. You're just chilling, me too. I'm yeah, just chilling. So, okay. Well, we're we're hoping this that that this live stream will be legit. Oh, it's already <laughs> we're doing legit. our best. We're it's doing super our best legit to make already. It legit. <laughs> and all of our wonderful viewers here make it even more legit. It's so cool to see where everyone's from. Um, yeah. So it looks like we have a question here. Don, would you like to go first? We have a question. May you tell us about yourself, please? So may you tell us about yourself, please? Okay. So and this is uh, someone from Sudan, which is great. Uh, so yeah, my, my name is uh, Don. I'm from the United States. I've been teaching overseas for eight years. Uh, before that, I taught at universities in the United States. I also worked for uh, NBC News in the United States as a news writer. So someone said the news is legit. I hope I hope my news was legit. I tried my best. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm uh, working here with uh, Danny and Sarah and John on the English Danny channel. Uh, any other questions, things you want to know, uh, uh, let us know. Uh, Suleiman Hassan says, thanks, Teacher Don. I appreciate it. That's great. I appreciate you. Uh, somebody saying I'm from Bangladesh. Great. Okay. So we get a lot of people from uh, uh, from uh, uh, the Indian subcontinent area, which is uh, which is great. A lot of people want to learn English there. Excellent. Um, you'd be down for. You want to talk about uh, <laughs> what that means to be down for? Are you down for talking about this phrase? 
I'm totally down for it. All right, guys, it looks like we're going to transition into English slang part two. So uh, I'm going to talk about three more phrases. Um, and while I do, um, so you guys, I'm so happy to, again, so glad to see so many people uh, commenting. So while I am talking, if you have any questions you want to uh, ask me uh, about the slang words or just uh, want to comment, uh, anything like that, please go ahead and do that. All right, let's talk about three more slang words. So, so far we've talked about chill, legit, and shady. So let's talk about three more. All right, so here we have to be down for. This is a verb that means I am willing to do something or I want to do something. So uh, let's take a look at a couple sentences that uh, I will, I'll share with you. Uh, so for example, let's say I'm hanging out with my friend and we're both very hungry. I might say, what kind of food would you be down for? This is the same as asking, what kind of food do you want to eat? What kind of food uh, would you be down for? Oh, I would be down for Indian food or, oh, there's a really good Pakistani restaurant we should go to. Oh yeah, let's go there. I'm down for that. So it, we can use it in a question. What are you down for means what would you like to do? Uh, so let's, th that's the first way we can use in a question. Uh, I might also use it as an answer. So if someone says, hey, wanna go see a movie tonight? I might just simply say, yeah, I'm down. I am down. It doesn't mean I'm down means, yes, I want to do that. So here to be down for means willing to do something, want to do something. And we can ask in a question like, are you down for going out tonight? Or we could use it in just a response. Uh, yeah, I'm down. So there's another interesting thing about this to be down for is very similar to to be up for. Uh, so these it's this very similar, but one different word to be up for something uh, is to have the energy to do something. So it also means that you are willing to do it and you want to do it. Uh, but usually we use this to mean, do you have the energy to do something? Are you up for it? Do you want to do it? Do you feel like you are in the mood? You have the energy you want to do it. So uh, maybe I had a very long day at work and my friend asks, oh, hey, do you wanna go out tonight? I might say, I don't feel up for it, or I'm not up for it. This means I'm too tired. I'm not up for it. Uh, another way I might use it, oh, we're still on to be up for. Another way I might use it is by saying something like, uh, again, maybe asking a question or uh, trying to see if my friend wants to do something. Oh, hey, we're going out to eat tonight if you're up for it. So here to be down for something means, yeah, I want to do it. And to be up for something means like, do you have the energy, right? We can think up as like, 
Do you have the energy? Are you up for it? All right, next, let's talk about the word bail. So bail usually means the money you have to pay to get out of jail. I hope none of you ever have to, no one ever has to worry about bail. Uh, but here, bail as a slang word means to leave, to cancel, or to, we'd say, back out on something. So for example, I might say, oh, I was hanging out with John last night, but he bailed because he wasn't feeling well. Uh, so this means, uh, for example, this means that he, we were hanging out, he wasn't feeling good, so he left. So I might say he bailed. This means he, he left, he went home. Um, I might say something like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friends. Sorry, I got a bail. My class starts soon. I have to go to class. Sorry, guys, I have to bail. I have to leave. So here, bail means leave or go away, right? Stop hanging out. All right, the last slang word today is zone out. <laughs> I hope none of you are zoning out right now. To zone out means to lose focus, to daydream or to not pay attention. So perhaps you have, I'm sure all of us have had a class with a teacher that just goes blah, 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 blah. And you sit there and just kind of, hmm, you're thinking about other things. You're not really paying attention. This means you are zoning out. It just means hmm, not paying attention, thinking about other things. So for example, uh, I might be, I might have, maybe I missed class and I ask my friend, hey, what happened in class today? They might say, I'm not sure. I was zoning out. I was zoning out. I wasn't paying attention. Or another, a very common thing we might hear is, oh, that speech or that class. Oh, that was so boring. Everyone zoned out means no one was listening. So here, zone is the word we'd modify for if we want to say past tense, I zoned out. Present, I am zoning out. Or future, I might just zone out in class today. All right, guys. So that's our, uh, those are the remaining slang words. So now let's, uh, let's take some questions. Oh, so now me tell you about myself. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so my name is Sarah. Um, I'm from America, I'm from New York, actually, from a small town with a lot of farms and a lot of cows. <laughs> uh, but I have been living and teaching abroad for about six years now. Um, and I taught in the US for a year before that. Um, right now, yes, I am an English professor, as are all of the other members of our of the English Danny channel. And uh, let's see, uh, some of my hobbies, I like to play games, love to read, and I don't know about you guys, but I love watching Netflix too. All right, any other uh, questions? Um, I see we got some questions while I was talking. Uh, so for example, I saw the sentence, 
I'd be down for spaghetti, which is, yeah, the correct form yep. of down for. Um, so I'd be down for spaghetti. Perfect answer to yep. what food would you be down for? That's yes. Oh, Don, you're, you are not on mute. You're not on mute. Um, let's see. Uh, we have some more. Oh, and someone asked, Enrique asked, are you down for coffee? Is correct. Yes. Um, so if you wanted to ask someone specifically what they, are you down for something? Are you down for uh, pizza? Are you down for coffee? Perfect way to ask, right? What do you want to do? Are you down for coffee? Thank you, Enrique. Uh, I see a sentence. Uh, I bail the college due to money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good use of bail. That means I left. I bailed. I left college. I bailed because it was too expensive due to the money. Yes, it is very expensive. Yep, yep, I bailed college due to the money. Oh, hello, Lolly Lolly. Hello from France. Very cool. Thank you for uh, joining in on our live stream today. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Um, okay, that's great. Here oh, we uh, have so a question. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, so Mark asks, is acquisition the noun form of the word acquire? Yes, it is. Uh, so uh, something, an acquisition is something that you acquired. So if you acquired it, it becomes your acquisition. So that's right. Uh, so a lot of times it's like that. How can we improve our writing? We could, I guess, both provide an answer to this. Um, uh, but one of the key things to do is to... Uh, is to write. I mean, uh, one of the only ways to improve writing, I, I would say there are two ways to do it. One is to read a lot and the other is to write. Uh, so yep, you can learn by doing when it comes to this. That's what I was going to suggest. And I'd say with writing, um, of course, reading is a great way to, as, as Don mentioned, reading and is a great way to learn about different styles of writing. Um, and for practicing writing, I encourage you to write about anything. So if you want to write about your life, maybe you want to journal, write about your daily life, whatever uh, area you want your writing to improve in, whether it's informal or formal, that's the area that you should practice. So uh, one, one additional uh, comment I would make on that is, uh, so I've taught writing uh, often before, uh, this mostly to native speakers, but sometimes to uh, language learners. And one thing I try to uh, uh, do is uh, have students set themselves tasks, uh, like a writing task, like I would say something like, uh, describe yourself or describe your parents or something like that. Um, and instead of just saying, write anything, it can become kind of... Uh, difficult to know where to begin, set yourself a task so that you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And then uh, you, you might find it a little bit easier uh, to uh, accomplish something because you you have a definite goal. And so you know what you're looking for. You can actually look up words that pertain to what you're trying to say. Uh, so that might be something else you can do if you're trying to get better at writing is, is find some set tasks you want to accomplish and do them each day or each every other day, whatever, whenever you want to, uh, whenever you want to practice your writing. Oh, we have a comment here 
from uh, Bisha. Sorry if, if I mispronounce your guys' names, please forgive me. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm from Bangladesh. This videos are so help who that person is so weak to English speak. Thank you. I'm very happy that these videos are uh, helpful to you. Um, I, and thank you so much for watching them and for commenting. Can I share this live with other? Maybe live stream is the idea. Sure, you can share this live stream with other people. We, we we're happy to do that. I'd be down for spaghetti. So would I. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, yes, yeah. and and I already I uh, talked about Enrique's comment. Yes, are you down for coffee? That is correct. I saw that he changed his uh, little avatar to chill out, which was funny. That's great. Oh yeah, that is great. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm fun. not zoning out. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, please. Very I'm good. so glad that you're not zoning out. That would mean you are not interested. No. Hello from Pittsburgh. Oh, I've been to Pittsburgh. How's it going there? I actually lived in uh, Philadelphia for a while. So hello. Hello from uh, from our friend in Pittsburgh. Right. Oh, there was a comment, but it went by too quickly to uh, uh, what is the difference between verb change to adjectives and passive voice? Well, that's different. Those are two different things. Uh, verb voice uh, is um, is a, is a, a major change to the verb where you're changing the verb from saying that the subject performed an action, I kicked the can, uh, to the subject being the recipient of an action. The can was kicked by me. That's passive voice. So that's the difference between uh, passive voice and active voice, which is the normal way. And then a verb change to an adjective is you're changing it to a different part of speech. Um, can you think of an example of this one? I'm, I'm not thinking of a good example right off the top of my head, but uh, for a verb to an adjective. That. Yeah. Mm, let's see. Oh yeah, but I guess you would use the the ed form. A kicked a kicked ball, the kicked ball, or the kicked can. So we turn now we've taken the verb kick and we've turned it into an adjective using the ed. Um, uh, Participle. So that I think that's what you're talking about there. So that's the difference. Uh, was kicked. Um, that's definitely a verb in the passive voice. A kicked ball. That that's an adjective. I think I see where he's going with that because there is some similarity, right? Was kicked versus kicked. So it might be hard to hear. But yeah, that's the difference. Uh, an adjective. It's going to be modifying a noun, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, kicked can, kicked ball. Um, kicked person. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is going to be in that form. Whereas uh, passive voice, it's usually going to be in a form like was kicked or the can is kicked by me, meaning it's happening right now. Sometimes I'm confused about new words. I totally agree. Uh, yes, uh, it can be difficult uh, to learn new words. One thing that you might want to do is uh, try the words out in different contexts. I When I'm learning Korean, I learn two or three sentences using the new word that I'm learning. And I try to make those sentences different ideas. Um, that, that way I'm exposed to this word in different contexts and that helps me understand the word better. So maybe learning a word as part of a sentence can help reduce your confusion. I don't know, it's, it's a technique you could try. I tried it and it works for me sometimes. What do you think, Sarah? 
Um, oh, uh, yes, I, I would definitely agree. I think that's a great way to to learn new new words and also to try to continue try to use them in your daily life if you can. Um, if you don't, for example, maybe uh, not everyone has the opportunity to use English speaking in their daily life. But you can do things like, as Don mentioned, you can write some sentences using those words and expressing different ideas. Or you can uh, try to, uh, you can even practice the method of self-talk and just practice with yourself uh, using this the word in different ways. Our Lolly Lolly is asking, are work out and figure out interchangeable? I am a bit confused. Um, well, if we, I would say, what would you say, Don? I would say yes. If I'm trying to work out a problem, it means the same as I'm trying to figure out a problem. So these two are interchangeable, I would say. Yep. There, I mean, there's a somewhat of a difference in feeling between the two, but uh, I mean, in most contexts, you could use either one. Um, you know, I can imagine certain contexts in which you might prefer one over the other. Uh, mm -hmm. But even if you use the other one, people would still understand you. You would, you would, you yeah. would be understood. You would be. Well it wouldn't. Understood. It wouldn't change the meaning, right? So yeah. the meaning is is the same. It means I'm trying to solve a problem, or I'm trying to, uh, yeah, figure out, work out. Yep. And there was a comment earlier where somebody was. Uh, this might be helpful to other people who aren't sure where to comment. So someone was saying, "Where am I supposed to write down my comments? Should I write them in the live chat section, or is there some specific place?" Well, the good news is I saw your comment. So wherever you wrote it down, that worked. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're we're dual streaming to both YouTube and Facebook. So the reason why you see people's comments coming up tagged Facebook is because some people are watching us on Facebook, others are watching on YouTube. So. Uh, uh, so, but wherever you wrote that comment down, that worked. We saw it. So, uh, so there's your answer. I request you uh, please keep it up. These type of good activities for people who want to learn English, because English play a good role in the world just for communication, right? So, um, yeah, it's a it's a very valuable language for uh, for uh, definitely for a lot of interaction, especially for business interaction. And I think it can be useful for travel too. A lot of places uh, that you might travel to, if you know some English, it might help you out. I think. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes English is a good it, because it's kind of easy for people to learn to a certain degree, and and so you find a lot of places uh, that you travel to, people know some English. Although that's not always the case. I've been to some places in China where nobody knew English at all. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Um, I have a question here. Please, Sarah, let me know. How can I improve my listening skill and understanding skill? Um, I would say, well, um, and I also see a question. Please, Sarah, what's best the best option to improve speaking? So I'm going to answer these two questions at the same time. Um, I think the best way to improve your English skills, whether you want to improve your speaking or your listening, is to try to, I think, I think enjoyment is a very important part of language learning. So for example, maybe mm, I, we, if you want to work on your speaking, of course, speaking is helpful and speaking and listening really go hand in hand. Um, but I would say to work on your speaking and listening, one strategy that I highly recommend that I use for uh, studying language is to uh, think about things you already like to do. For example, I love watching YouTube videos about food and travel. So 
how I might practice my listening skill for a different language is to look up those uh, vid videos about the same topics I usually like in the language I'm trying to learn. Um, so exploring topics that you like and, and also if you're when you're listening, you can practice your speaking. So if I'm listening to a native speaker talk about a topic I am interested in, uh, I uh, can mimic and repeat the words that I hear them say, because it'll also help me talk about things that I'm interested in, right? So I definitely recommend um, watching things, shows that you like in, in other languages, YouTube videos, things like that, and listening and repeating, mimicking or imitating what you're listening to. Oh, tough question. How can I be like a native speaker in English speaking? Um, do you have any any comments, Don, about um, this one? Well, it's it's very difficult. Uh, but uh, but I mean, listening to lots of people uh, 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 talk and then trying to sort of copy the way it sounds, not just the way it sounds, but kind of the rhythm of it and the flow of it, that's probably one of the key um, uh, elements to becoming more like a native speaker is uh, trying to capture not just the grammar, but also sort of the feel. So when you listen to people speak English, you'll notice that it's not monotone. It tends to get, some words are stressed, meaning it gets louder and softer. Uh, and that as people talk, they tend to emphasize parts of the speech like I'm doing right now in an exaggerated way. Um, so this is also a, a way to become or sound a little bit more like a native speaker. But I would say don't worry too much about it. Uh, worry most about being understood first and then try to improve from there. What do you think, mm. Sarah? Uh, I definitely agree. And what I, what I first thought of is um, I, I do agree that Anyone learning a second language will probably always have an accent of some sort. And, and I just want to validate or let you guys know that um, it's, it's okay to have an accent. It's, and there, there are so many different forms of English that the goal is, is to be understood, right? So as long as, as you can communicate what you are trying to express, that's a really good uh, place to be. And for a strategy, I would say challenge yourself to try to think with that language. So even if you're in your daily life and you're thinking about something or you're out walking around trying to describe, like think to yourself, how would I describe this in English? Or how would I talk about what I'm doing right now in English? Just to kind of get yourself thinking in the language a bit more too. So that's, that's what I would say. Yep, that's pretty good. The uh, best option improve speaking. I think that's kind of a similar, similar idea. Uh, played, removed, attractive. These verbs can also be adjectives. That's fine. Yep. No, I'm just looking at our comments. What's the meaning of kick out? Mm, good question. That's a good one. What is the meaning of kick out? Um, well, it means to remove somebody from somewhere. Uh, uh, so if there's a student in your class and that student is being unruly, uh, maybe he's being loud or talking to somebody, you might have to kick him out. 
kick him out of the class, you know, make him go outside and, and wait for a few minutes before he comes back in. Or you can be uh, kicked out of a live stream. This person said something in the live stream, so we kicked him out, you know. Uh, or you're in a restaurant and uh, maybe you offended the uh, owner. Your food is terrible. He might say, get out, kick you out of his uh, his restaurant. So yeah, it means to remove somebody, uh, not always by kicking them. I mean, usually you're not actually physically kicking somebody out, but, uh, but it's an idea of meaning to remove somebody that you don't want from somewhere. And then uh, Maruf writes that played, removed, attracted. These are verbs. They also can be adjectives. Right. So, uh, and it's usually when you're going to use the, uh, I guess, the past participle form of the verb to turn it into an adjective. Um, so, uh, so I removed him, verb. Uh, he he is a a, a, a removed person. <laughs> uh, it sounds a little awkward, but uh, that is an adjective form there. Um, um, uh, I was attracted to her. Okay, so there's your verb. Um, uh, this is an attracted person. Okay, that's also uh, adjective form. So that's correct. So he was correct in his observation. Mm -hmm. We can do that. But uh, one one tip for uh, making it sound a little more natural, because uh, we can do that. That's kind of like passive voice, like Don was mm. talking about earlier. So the if we wanted to take the verb play remove and attract, there are a few different endings we add all very often to verbs to turn them into adjectives. For example, play could become playable. Remove could become removable. So sometimes we add A-B-L-E or I-B-L-E to, to turn a verb into an adjective or attract might be attractive, I-V-E, or even attractable, right? So there are some different ways. You can use the ED ending there. Uh, just be careful with your usage. And yeah. if you want to make it a little more natural, you can uh, look at those different endings that we would use to change yeah. a verb to an adjective. Very good. And then uh, somebody's writing, for example, I kick out my friend from my house. That's correct. That, that <laughs> yeah, would if be, your friend's being terrible, be get out of here. Get out. I kicked him out. Yeah, kick him out. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Um, there's one. Hmm. Let's see. Okay. There, this one's for you, I think. Please explain some topics like reading techniques, minute meaning, reports, parts of speech, conversion. Hmm. Interesting. Those are, that's, that's a lot. That's too many topics. Maybe choose a one. Lot. Um, choose one and, and so I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about reading techniques. Um, let's see. And maybe, maybe Don can help me here too with some different reading hmm. techniques. Um, well, of course, I have to say, if you're working on your reading, you should check out our three-way English videos <laughs> where you look at a story that goes that in gradually increases in, in difficulty. Um, so for reading techniques, let's see, kind of blanking right now on, on some strategies that you could use. Could you help me out, Don? Well, we also have a book, a three-way English ah, book, yes. where uh, where you can practice your reading by it's uh, by reading uh, something in a simple form and then reading it in more complex forms afterwards, and then seeing how well you can do with answering questions about what you read. They're pretty simple questions, uh, but um, but that's that's something you could do. I would not worry too much about different techniques. Uh, in the sense that don't feel that you're reading in the wrong way or something like mm. that. 
Um, I would focus more on reading for information first. Uh, like there are different techniques for reading something closely, uh, but I, for people who are trying to get better, I don't think it's necessary to apply, apply them just yet. Uh, focus more on, I'm going to read for information and learn mm -hmm. as, uh, as much as I can. And Definitely. you want to, you want to practice uh, in a way in which you could check that you understood what you read. That would be what I would say you should focus on first. Read in such and a way that you can confirm that you understood. One great way to do that is to choose something, choose a book, for example, that you've already read in your native language and try to read it in English. Uh, yeah. So for example, I love Harry Potter. Maybe you guys, some of you out there do too. So one great way for me to study a language I want to learn is to try and read Harry Potter in another language because it's a story I am so familiar with that it's easier for me to understand and try to, oh, 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 this is what's happening because mm. I already know the story. So that mm -hmm. can be a really good technique. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, somebody says, my problem is I don't have confidence in speaking English sometimes because I'm so conscious of my pronunciation and grammar. Um, uh, I understand that feeling, uh, certainly. I mean, uh, nobody wants to uh, feel uh, awkward, um, feel like you're making mistakes. Um, but I would say that the thing about English is it's kind of forgiving of making mistakes in the sense that even when you make some mistakes, you're kind of still being understood. People will mm -hmm. still understand you, maybe even more than you think. So I would say, um, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I know that's easy to say and, and hard easier to do. Easier said than done. But don't worry about it. I would say, and also remember that most people who you're speaking English with are going to be really, uh, yeah, forgiving. Just like, I mean, I have found... I live in Korea. When I try to speak Korean, my pronunciation, sometimes I feel I feel nervous and I don't feel very confident about my sentence structure and my pronunciation. And sometimes they'll ask me to say something again or they'll misunderstand. But I think um, one way, to, one thing to remember is that most people are just really glad that you're trying uh, to communicate with them and they really want to understand you and help you. Um, and also that uh, this is a feeling that is best dealt with by just, just practice. Yeah. The more you do it, the more confident you'll feel. And the more you'll see that even if you're feeling a little nervous, oh, they still, oh, I, it's still, we still had a conversation or I still got the thing that I wanted to get. Right. So, yeah. One thing that might help if you're having trouble with this is uh, practice having short or small conversations in which you don't have much to do and you maybe you could prepare it so that you're going to have a more guaranteed success. Because I find that confidence builds on success. So if you have a few mm. successful interactions, because they were pretty simple and they were set up, you'll get confidence out of, hey, I did it and it worked and I did it again and it worked. And then over time, you're going to start to feel more like, hey, I've been doing things and it's been working. Your your consciousness will, will your, your self-consciousness will go away and those successes will build on each other. So maybe set up situations for yourself where you can have some easy, simple successes that build on each other. That might be something. Mm. And then it. the more confident you feel, the more likely you may be to experiment and, oh, well, the, now that I feel confident with these simple conversations, let me add a little bit more. Maybe mm. I'm really good at having that, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Maybe next 
next time I'll ask a question like, oh, what are you going to do this weekend? Just right. add something a little on there so you can kind of build as well. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, here, I, uh, th of course, that's true. I agree with you about that. We have to listen to native speakers. Of course, very helpful. What's your YouTube? It is English Danny. So you can just go and search it. Um, also, the videos that we post on Facebook are from that YouTube channel. So you can uh, easily find them, I think. Uh, Alyssa Marie has a question about if versus whether. Um, I do have an answer mm. for that. So... Um, her question was, why can't we use if here? And the, the context is, I was worried about if everything was going to turn out okay. And yes, it should be weather. And the reason why, um, these two words are often interchangeable. So you, there are many contexts in which you could use if or weather, and they, they both work. In this context, the reason why weather is better is because if is used to introduce a condition, meaning uh, if it rains, it will be wet right? That's a condition. If it rains, and then the result, if the condition is met, is it will be wet. If I study, I will succeed on the test. So that's a condition, right? If I study. I'm not saying I will, but if I do, the condition, then result. It, I will do well. Everything was going to turn out okay. That's not a condition, right? That's the difference. That's why weather is better there. Uh, it's just uh, an alternative, Either it will turn out okay or it won't. That's not a condition. That's just a two options. Uh, turn left or turn right. Turn out well and don't turn out well. So whether is whether which of these two basically is, is going to happen. So that's why. That's why uh, weather is better than if. Uh, that's kind of an advanced question maybe, but, uh, but maybe it's helpful. Ah, here we go. So uh, I liked this one and I wanted to share it as maybe our, our, our sign out uh, because this person says, I shared your live stream with many, many English learning groups. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you very much. Actually, your channel is great. Yay. And you put a lot of effort into it and hope your channel be the greatest one in the world. We hope so too. Thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, I really appreciate this comment. It was uh, great to hear. And uh, I think we're going to wrap up uh, uh, pretty soon from here, but we'll be back again next week. Uh, so if you have comments and you didn't get those comments answered, then uh, tune in next week and we'll try to uh, answer those uh, questions and comments next time. Thank yep. you all for watching. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all of you. Uh, and uh, we hope to see you again in our next video and our next live stream. Yep. Right. Thank you. Thank you much, Thanks, everybody. guys. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Hope to see you guys again next week. And thank you for your questions and your comments. And very happy to uh, to see you all here today.